First Palm Media. Nobody covers dog sledding like mushing from First Paw Media. Our team of athletes, volunteers, race organizers, and mushers like Robert and Michelle Forto brings you closer to the sport. If it's happening, we are there. Live from the qualifying races in January and February, the Iditarod in March, and in the summer, mushing takes you on the road with our team and trail tour. We connect you with a history of the sport, in-depth interviews with a top mushers and great storytelling and breaking news all year long follow on mushing.com from first paw media this is canadian challenge tales we hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts you'll find a link on the episode notes you can tap or swipe on the episode cover art and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe too. Your host is Dan Kirkup. Our executive producer is Robert Forto, created for First Paw Media. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Canadian Challenge Tales. I am joined by Craig Houghton, president of the Caledonia Classic Sled Dog Race. How are you, Craig? Good, thanks. Excellent. Well, I'm really happy you joined us. Uh, a little bit different episode for people today. We're talking about the, the Caledonia Classic, which is coming up in a couple of days. And I uh, want to let people know a little about the race, how they can follow and how they can watch and, and where they can find lots of this. For those that are unfamiliar, can you tell them a little bit about the race and how it got started and, and where it is? Yeah, you betcha. So the Caledonia Classic Sled Dog Races are uh, in Fort St. James, BC, which is sort of the northern middle part of the province. And I believe this is a, uh, the 28th running of the race. We've been really, um, it's evolved over the years. Um, but right um, now, we've basically, last 10 years or so, we've turned it into a variety of races. We've got um, a four and six dog sprint race with ski joring, and we have a 100-mile seven dog race, and we have a 200-mile ten dog Iditarod qualifier. And uh, all the races more or less hap happen at the same time. We, um, you know, like everywhere, I think, in sort of southern western Canada, we've been cursed with some warm weather. So we've had to change our trail from previous years. And, you know, we're very fortunate, even though um, we've had this warm weather, our trails are holding up. Um, we are we have a great partnership with the Fortune James Snowmobile Club. And so as soon as the snow hits the ground in November, um, the Snowmobile Club is on the trails packing it. We actually have almost 200 miles of trails that they groom and pack that uh, we access as well, which is just unreal. So it enables us to to really deal with the warm weather when it comes like it, like it has cursed us this year. So the trail's good. It's solid. Uh, it's all marked from the sprint trails to the, um, to the hundred and the 200 mile trails. So the race, it's, um, it's evolved over the years. We um, actually, at one time it was a stage race. It was a three day, we had a 40, 60 and a 50 mile run with three different routes. Um, but it's demand change and uh, mushers, ask for different things it's evolved into what we have coming up this weekend um yeah that's great so the race itself is just two days away you're starting on february the 2nd is that correct what time are you starting 
So the race, the distance races start uh, 10 o'clock Friday morning. So yeah, that's February 2nd and Groundhog Day. So it's, um, they start and we are sending out the um, 100 mile teams first. And so they'll head off on a course. And then right behind them are the 200 mile 10 dog teams, leaving at two major intervals. And um, then they'll run 50 miles into the race. There's a, a layover. And for local people, it's at Dog Creek and Highway 27. We'll have a tent there where the mushers can <clears throat> camp out for a little while if they want, or the um, seven dog, um, hundred mile guys can con teams can continue on. And um, then on the Saturday and Sunday is when the um, sprint races and the ski door take place, and they take right place from the same starting area as the distance races. So it's always a little bit tricky to make sure that the sprint races when they're heading out don't conflict with a distance team coming in. So sometimes we hold off a sprint race for a little bit as a distance musher comes in. Usually it's on a Sunday or um, Saturday afternoon. That's interesting um, how you manage to keep uh, two very different dog um, sledding events at the same time. Is, is this something that's been ongoing with your race for a while or is it relatively new? No, it's been ongoing going for a while, Dan. And the reason we do it is, um, you know, it's it's one of the one of basically two races left in in British Columbia, and so we try and make it so everybody can come. Uh, we have it so if you're brand new and this is your first year um, with dogs, you can come and race here. You know, if you're an experienced marshy, been doing this for years, you can also come and race here. So for the sprints, what we'll do is. You know, when we've got sort of a more competitive, um, high-level team that's been doing a long time, we'll let them head off first so they have a clean run. And a slower team that's new at it, we'll put them a second heat so that there's no conflict with those teams as well. And part of the reason we do the sprints, it's so it's more spectator-friendly. Um, the community has really taken up to this event. It's been around so so long in our community. Um that they expect it, kind of, they expect, you know, one of the dog races coming and people really like it. And, you know, we are incredible. We have incredible support from local sponsors, like local businesses, um, the district of Fort St. James, like the community of Fort St. James, they sponsor us, the regional district of Fort St. James. Uh, we get, um, we have a partnership with the uh, University of Northern British Columbia for their outdoors program. And so every year they send, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 students from their course to come and help out and volunteer. And they'll stay at checkpoints. They'll do some of the timing. They'll help with uh, the starting, the registration, to help with the banquet setup. And it's a learning experience for them. Like it's, it's such a, our race is such a community event. It's, um, yeah, it brings people together. And um, often too, you'll have keep people come from other towns that, you know, visit their family. Well, we'll go to the fort this week and get a dog race. It's a reason to come as well. Well, it's so fantastic that you're able to have the support from the community behind it. I'm sure that means a lot in terms of getting getting things done. Um, we talked a little about when the race is and some of the formats. Um, obviously, if people are in Fort St. James, uh, what is the location for the start? I think normally you're down on the lake, but it might be different this year. Yeah, absolutely. So typically we start right at Cottonwood Beach on the lake and then Anybody come, it's really easy to get there. Kids can walk down and join the kid and mutt race or the junior race, those kind of things. But this year, because of the warm weather, we're starting from the uh, Snowmobile Clubhouse, which is about 10 miles out of town. And it's near all of the um, 
we have a provincial park out there, um, Sochi Bay Provincial Park, and it's not far from there. And so we access all the trails from um, from the Snowville Clubhouse. They're more or less the same trails we normally use, but they're, we don't use any lake this year because usually it's about eight eight or nine miles of lake from town till we hit the trails, the bush trails. But we've uh, we've had um, the Snowmobile Club has got a loader and they've pushed all the snow out of the way. So the parking is fantastic. There's lots of room. Um, some of the mushers actually will um, camp there through the whole weekend. They'll self-contain, so they just camp on site, which is, you know, it's a social as well and it makes that a lot of fun. Um, we have a food truck, so although anybody in town can come out in that morning and uh, Saturday, Sunday, the food truck is going to be there first thing and they'll be there all day. So that, you know, it just turned to, uh, just makes it more enjoyable. We have a yeah, fire pit awesome. too, and we have, uh, also we have a politician's race. Um, we have, um, the mayor of Fort St. James will be racing and the chief of Natcasley, which is our neighboring community. We're all like one wheel community you can't tell when you drive in it looks all the same but there's chief and council mayor and council and they'll both be on uh a racing and then after that they'll have a little bannock cook off and it's it's fun it just brings everybody together yeah it sounds like the the race has adapted to the conditions you have this year and and what's safe for everyone uh, for those that are not in fort st james to enjoy the hospitality there uh, what's the best way for the the online community to, to follow along? Well, definitely uh, our Facebook site, Kelowna Classic Facebook. Um, our main Facebook person, uh, Britta Hanks, um, she does pretty much all of our stuff there. It'll be coming a little bit later because she's racing in the 100 mile. So she'll be taking some stuff out on trail. She'll do a little um, interview with Marshes as we're getting going. but And she'll have all the sprint stuff is there as well. But it won't be um, minute by minute like it has been or some races are. But that's the place to follow us is uh, on our Facebook. Yeah, and you can certainly find, uh, I see Britta posted uh, a couple of pictures and a video of some of the trail. It looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and you can see snow, which is an odd thing this year for most races. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it sounds really positive. So uh, Caledonia Classic Sled Dog Race on Facebook is where you can find them. Uh, they also have some information on the website, which is fsjcaledoniaclassic.com. So you can find some more information about the race. Um, how about the trail? I know in the past your sprint races have been out on the lake where, you know, it's a little bit uh, easier. How has the transition for the sprint side been moving to the, the Sonbill Clubhouse versus the lake this year? Well, the trail is actually really good. It's hard packed. Um, but the only downside is it's an out and back. So there's conflict with a bit of head on passing. It's really wide. So there's room there, but if some of the uh, less experienced musters may be, well, I know they are a little bit nervous about doing some head on passing, but there's lots of room. I think about 10 years ago, actually, we did it out here because we had some issues with warm weather in the lake and it worked out. Okay. Um, the trails are better than it was in that time, but, um, it's, it's kind of a, a bit of a climb from the clubhouse. And then, then when you return, of course, it's a bit of a decline. So it's a bit slower. Times will be faster coming out. That's exciting. And how yeah. about the the distance side? They're obviously going to experience that climb on the way out as well. Are they going to have an out and back trail this year? Yeah, they, they more or less have an out and back. And um, so the 100-mile guys, it's an interesting format, the way we run that race. It's uh, the first day is 65 miles. And you can stop if you want, or you can run it straight through. And 
we don't intend it to be there this way, but you're probably going to, in that first day, you're probably going to have about almost 7,000 feet in elevation change. Um, when you come to Fort St. James, you don't, like I think I said before, you don't see mountains. It's not like a, you know, it's not like Jasper or Smithers or you know, anything like that or Banff or something. You think, oh, yeah, it's kind of flat. I mean, there's some hills, but, you know, you just start adding up that elevation. You climb for four or five kilometers here. You go down for a little bit and go back up again. So it, it does give you quite a bit of change. And um, so the 100-mile guys, they'll go out, they'll do a 65-mile run, and then they'll have an eight-hour layover at the clubhouse. And so it's nice they can go inside the clubhouse and uh, we'll have food for them. Got to thank my mother for that because she knocks on the doors of all our friends and gets them all to make, uh, you know, she calls them crockpot meals. So it'll be chili and stews and all those kind of things, you know, just another way the community um, helps out, right? So the marshals will have that in the clubhouse and the 100, 100 mile teams will spend eight hours. And then their second um, thing, well, it's 35 miles. And quite honestly, it's actually 37.6, but we're not counting the last two and a half miles, 2.6 miles, but it's, it's a good workout. And um, and so they'll do that and then end up back at the clubhouse where the um, the 100-mile teams, they'll run 50 miles to what we call the Dog Creek Highway 27 checkpoint. And then they have an option to do a two-hour layover there, minimum, because they have to take two hours either on the way out or way back at that uh, checkpoint. And then when they get back to the, the clubhouse checkpoint, then they have a six-hour layover. So they'll be sort of in that kind of situation. Um, oh, interesting. So you have um, a, a mandatory eight-hour rest for the 100-mile, the which is a seven-dog race. Yeah. And, um, and then the 200-mile, you have... Is it then eight hours of mandatory, two of which can be taken on the way out or the way back? Did I get that right? That's correct. Yeah, you betcha. Okay. So, so you're probably wondering why we're using that model. No, so, I, I, it's just a, um, a different format that obviously has worked out. But if there's logic, I, I'd love to hear it. Well, what we did actually is um, we took this model from the way the Percy Wolf, the Wolf used to be run, right? They had a um, they had their regular Percy that used to go to Eagle, and you'd have your two hour layover that you had to log on the way out or way back at the forty mile cabins, and then you had your six hour layover in Eagle. So we used that format, and they also had a um, a junior Percy which would go from from Dawson to the forty mile river forty mile cabins. You had an eight hour layover, which is basically fifty out and fifty back, more or less, right? So that's kind of the way we chose that format. I'd raced that a few times and I really enjoyed it. And so we adapted it to what we have here. Interesting. And so on the the 100 mile side, is it common or typical that the teams are taking a, a rest in that first 65 mile stretch? It seems a yep. little, uh, especially with the climb, seems like a tough, a tough go to start with. You know what? I would say 90% of the team just run that 65 mile straight. They just push their seven dogs, and you know what? They come in looking good. And it, it always amazes me, like, uh, you talk about a specific musher here, uh, Eric Marsden. He's out of Revelstoke, and he runs tours out of Revelstoke. And, of course, Revelstoke is mountain. It's hilly and all those kind of things. And and his tours um, are basically his training. And so he doesn't do a lot of long runs, but he always does very well. Like, he always comes and does very well. He runs the 65 miles straight. The rest is eight hours. And then it's uh, he run his 35 miles, and, and you know, last year he won it. And he kind of throws out my thinking of what good training is because 
he doesn't have a lot of long runs and he does very well. So, and his dogs look good. So it's just interesting. Yeah. It's always interesting to see how some, some teams put their training in. I know it's easy to compare some of the big names in the sport, whether they, you know, how many miles they put on lots or less training, you know, sequences and camping trips and everybody's got their own method that seems to work with their job, lifestyle, trail access, their dogs in the yard and time really, right? It, it takes a lot of time to put yeah. a lot of these miles on and being a, a, a race that's relatively early in the, the certainly the Canadian side of, of the race season. I don't know of very many others that are prior to your race. Um, so, you know, first weekend in February, I think uh, Yukon Quest is on the same weekend, but yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not sure of any that are before. So it's interesting there. Um, I do want to touch on, uh, I know it takes a lot of people to, to put on a race like this. And you said you got a lot of support from the community. Um, is there anybody that you wanted to mention or a group in particular that you'd like to mention? I know the snowmobile club was a big part, but anybody else that you'd like to, to thank or, or um, oh, mention goodness. specifically, I don't want I don't want to say you have to make one person and forget a whole bunch, but yeah, you betcha. Um, you know, there, there's a few people that definitely stand out over the last 28 years of doing this is uh, Dave Burgess. He's our trail guy and he's been here since day one. And uh, yeah, he just, he runs this, he runs a snowmobile, makes the trails and works with the snowmobile club. Uh, Joanne Vintage, she's also a huge, huge, huge um, push for the race. Uh, she's one of those people, there's a lot of the, um, the grant writing, the organizations, making sure, you know, like any nonprofit society, she's making sure we've done all our, you know, dotted our I's, crossed our T's, so we don't miss any of the uh, deadlines. So make sure you still continue with your nonprofit status. Uh, she does all the merchandising. She organizes all those things. Um, and and there's one other person who uh, actually couple, but one particular who actually doesn't really get much credit. And she's also been here since the beginning. And it's kind of my fault she doesn't get credit because I take it for granted. It's my mother. Uh, she's 83 years old. And she continues to do the job everybody hates, which is going and bringing out the sponsorship letters and asking for financial support from, you know, the local businesses and on getting stuff for the silent auction, those kind of things. And um, I'm not always as uh, gracious to my mother as I should be. So she definitely needs to, uh, yeah, I definitely need to put out some support to, to thank her. And in the last four or five years, um, since Britta's moved to, to Fort St. James, she's been an incredible help as well very, very organized and very focused on what does, what needs to be done. I mean, I, I could go on all yeah, day. But I'm, help, sure, but... I'm sure you have a long list of people that come and help during the race at the start oh, line, yeah. Yeah. The, the people at checkpoints and, and that yeah. sort of stuff. And I would encourage anyone who's going to the race, uh, perhaps you're listening on your way to the race, uh, take a minute, uh, a second of your day, whatever it is to thank those people that you are interacting with during the race, those volunteers, the officials, the organizers, uh, without them, there is no race. And so, you know, take a moment, see somebody at checkpoint, say thanks, because those people need to come back and need to continue to help so that we can have these awesome races. So a big thank you to all of those that are involved. Uh, I do have a question about your um, partnership with the snowmobile club that's there. Obviously, they're a big part of the trail. And given some of the... Um, 
unfortunate incidents that have happened this year in Alaska. I just wondered if you had any advice or suggestions on how snowmobilers and dog mushers can work together to enjoy uh, these awesome trails and, and get out there and, and enjoy the outdoors. Well, I think, I mean, I think a big thing is that is you, you have to find mutual respect. You have to work together. So for example, um, I'm also the president of the Fort St. James Snowmobile Club. So it kind of, kind of helps out a little bit. Um, so, but what, why, why we do that is obviously there's so many, only so many good trails out there. So for example, when we need to go and cut willows or we need to go and help build bridges, you know, we're there in the summer. If the snowmobile club needs help, we're there in the summer when they need help, I should say. Um, in the fall time, we help them with things, right? They do poker rides, their events. You got to take your time to help them with their events, right? And that's the only way you're going to do it, in my opinion. I mean, we're kind of lucky too, because um, there's not a lot of people in Fort St. James, so we don't run run into each other very much, right? And you know, it's simple things too. Like our trails are, they're multi-use. Like for example, there's this uh, lady who always leaves from the clubhouse and um, she's either cross-country skiing or she's on her fat bike. And she always has this annoying dog with her. And the dog is not very friendly with dog teams. And her and I had a few, you know, uncomfortable run-ins with her dog, like whatever. So the way we do it now is up. I'm going to be on the trails. I always email in first and say, hey, are you going to be on this trail? Are you going to be on that trail? And it works out. She helps us at our dog race. So that's how the relationship works, right? You just got to, you know, you got to give and take. And I think the big thing is, is communication. Like with snowmobile clubs, maybe there's times when it's just for mushers. Like, you know, like if it's busy, like, okay, most snowmobile guys don't run at night because why would they? But we do run at night because we have to. So, you know, maybe Wednesday night you go to the club and say, hey, can we just have mushers Wednesday night, you know, from, you know, five o'clock till midnight or something, right? And kind of those kind of things, I think it really has to work together. Yeah, I think it's good advice. Uh, you know, the communication side, I think just each each sport being aware the other could be out there or is out there is a good start. And I agree that mutual respect, because ultimately we all just want to do what we love to do, right? Yeah. People love to snowmobile, people love to run dogs, and everybody wants to be able to do that in whatever capacity. I mean, maybe it's people that want to go skiing, ski joring, biking, whatever it might be, just walking out on the trail, you know, all should be welcome. And uh, I know I kind of threw that, that curveball your way, but I, I thought it was such a great relationship you have with, with your club there that it might prove to be a good example for others. Um, again, anyone interested in, in talking to Craig more about that, um, you can certainly get in touch with him through the, the website or, or their Facebook page, I'm sure. Um, so I know you've got, uh, some musher bios on the website and I want to talk our way through, uh, some of the mushers that you have. Some, I, I know quite well, others, uh, I, I do not, but, um, you have four teams in the 10 dog race. Um, what can you tell us about, uh, the, uh, sorry, yes, 10 dog, 200 mile, you have four teams. What can you tell us about those mushers? Well, it's interesting because we had more registered in the beginning, uh, but because of the warm weather, the training didn't happen for people like they hoped it would throughout the winter, right? So some have gone to the 100 mile. Um, as you're probably aware, because of the cancellation of Race to the Sky, um, 
we managed to pick up uh, two more mushers, which you know very well from the Canadian Challenge, right? Terry and Mary, right? So I'm pretty excited. I've never met them. I read lots about their bios and, and their history. Um, I, I um, As you probably aware, the registration was closed. And then they reached out to us and said, hey, can we still come? Because this race was canceled. So what we did, to be fair, is we talked to the other teams in the 200-mile race and said, hey, do you mind if this happens? Uh, because we want to be respectful to the rules of the race and respectful to the mushers that we're in, right? And exactly what I thought happened, both the, the mushers already registered, Jerry Joyson and Anna said, yeah, no problem, put them in there. And, you know, why not? Because let's have a good race. So I think um, from from what a little bit I do know about uh, the two new teams is I'm assuming they're, they're going to win. And maybe I, I shouldn't say that because maybe Jerry and Anna might not be pleased with my prediction. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited to have them here. Um, and, uh, it just, you know, how it is with the race, you put all in the work for 200 mile race and you, you want to get as many teams on the trail as possible. Yeah. Well, I know that there was some, some discussion in the summer about what the, the future of your race looked like, whether or not the a 200 was, was going to continue to be an option. And, and there was a lot of feedback that that said yes, and I'm happy that you have, you know, some teams in that are involved. Um, you know, Je- Jesse and, and Mary are wonderful people. Uh, you know, not, nothing but nice people, good good people to have around, and they can be very competitive when they want to be. <laughs> what I suspect is if you're going to see warmer temperatures and elevation change like you are, that may be something that they're less familiar with. And so there may be a little bit more conservation at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're also up against uh, two very uh, experienced mushers in Jerry Joinson. Again, he's been there for, for a few years in Fort St. James, so very familiar with the terrain. He's run your race before. He's finished uh, uh, sorry Yukon Quest, 1,000 Mile. So there's no shortage of experience there. Uh, and of course, Anna Bolvin's involved. She's been uh, at your race for, I'm not sure how many years in a row now. Um, you know, so she has the potential to, to put a good team together uh, as well. So I think it will depend on, uh, you know, what, what the conditions are on the day of. I know that's mm-hmm. been a big, a big question mark for lots of teams going in. And nobody knows what the weather's really going to be. Um, predictably, your race has been generally warmer than what yep. uh, most would expect, you know, single digit minuses, um, you know, that heavy wet snow on the trail, I believe. So what are the trail conditions? What is the temperature and what are teams looking at trying to do? Is this a prep for, you know, another race? Is this, you know, let's go out and win this because we haven't been here or let's show these new people how this is supposed to be done. Uh, you'll have to follow along with the race and uh, follow along on the Facebook page so Britta can provide updates as they all get closer to the finish line. Um, as far as the 100 mile, uh, I believe I have seven from my count, which, as you said, some... I think there's nine. Seven, nine now? Wow, okay. Just checking my... Uh, should know off the top of my head, but... That's <laughs> okay. It's... It's uh, with some last minute adjustments and I know a team's moving down, as you said, with, you know, troubling yeah. to get miles in. Yeah, um, I've got nine. 
Oh, got nine teams because uh, uh, Megan Rotley, she's got uh, two teams in, right? Her and her handler are coming with two teams, and Eric Marsden has two teams. Ah, okay. Ah. I see. So uh, I think it will be a very competitive race in oh, the, that one I can't the 100 That's... mile. It's, um, you know, again, you've got um, a couple of what I'll call locals, Right in, um, I, b- I believe Megan is relatively local. Yeah, and, Megan's. Yep, and she's got two teams in. Yeah, uh, so it's it's interesting to see if she's going to have an A and a B, or two equal teams, or mm-hmm. how all of that uh, works out. I know Britta will have a strong team. She she's been putting some miles on this year. Um, and of course, as you said, Eric is, you know, I'll call him a local being a, a BC boy um, yep. and with a mountain ex- experience and, and last year's winner, always one to watch out for. Um, are, are there any others that uh, sort of stand out to you? You know, I, um, I put some money on Max too, right? Max, who handles with, uh, works with Anna. Um, yes. You know, a few years ago, uh, we had um, we had a little race here. Uh, actually, Marcel put the underdog here, and Max came and he dominated. Like he just destroyed us all. And it was warm, um, and it was hilly, but we couldn't touch him. So you never know. Like it's hard to say. I know we say he's running a young team, but I don't know. This this hundred mile race is getting very very fun to watch. And who's who's going to take it? Absolutely. Yeah. The the other one in there that I know is uh, Jessica Reimer out of um, California uh, near Lake Tahoe. Uh, I met her last year at Canyon Challenge. She has been very strong with this particular distance and, you know, that six to eight dog team, you know, she was first or second in, you know, the three races in, in the U S Eagle cap, Idaho race to the sky, um, she won the eight dog Canadian challenge last year. I believe she was third at underdog and yellow yep. knife. And she had a puppy team as she called them last year. So I, I yep. think she could be one to watch for as well. Uh, if you happen to be following along the race, you will definitely spot Jessica. She has a smile on every single time I've seen her, no matter what's happening. It's just a very happy person. So I, again, I think there's, a lot of potential here for some teams to do really well and uh, and and really really see what what's capable this season and, and where teams are really at because there's been a big question mark without other races going this would be a real feel for teams from you know all over the place on where they are uh, stacking up against the competition yeah yes yeah, yeah certainly going to be interesting to see how Jessica does and like you said that puppy team did very well last year. I know it uh, passed me like I wasn't even moving in the underdog, so <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, well, and of course you have um, Shelly uh, Tork, mm-hmm. I believe, yep. uh, from just outside Prince George, which is not very far from your place. Let's call her a local as well. Um, you know, she does have a smaller kennel, um, but I think it'd be interesting to see. I believe she's got Siberians. So, no, no, she doesn't. No. She, uh, Shelly doesn't. She went and this last, she started gathering some dogs. And this last, uh, basically since August on, she's picked up a team of Alaskans 
And she's actually been out training quite a bit with Jerry Joinson. So she's uh, she's not the same musher she was 24 months ago, let me tell you. She's learned lots working with Jerry. She's been training her dogs pretty hard. Um, and she only has the seven. So every time she hooks up, she's running a whole nine yards, her whole kennel. And she's fairly competitive too. So we'll see how she does. <laughs> Excellent. So the only other one we haven't mentioned so far has been uh, Jody Verge. What can you tell us about Jody? You never know with Jody. She'll tell you that her training's falling apart. She'll tell you this, and uh, then she'll have a good run. She's either really, really hot or just plodding along. Um, yeah, it's really hard to say. And, you know, she's she's been supporting this race forever. Yeah, uh, and she's basically local, too. She's just outside of Quinell, the Blackwater, so a couple hours south of here. Excellent. Well, I know I'm really looking forward to following along uh, this weekend. It's going to be exciting to watch. And, and see what's happening. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the the updates and such on, on Facebook and where we are. I'm sure it'll be lots of pictures and video and oh, yeah. Brit has done a great job of showcasing the trail. I'm sure the race will be uh, even better. Um, do you have any, anything else you want to bring up or anything else people should know about before we close out today? Um, you know what? I'm just so excited that uh, the teams are still able to come. You know, with all the weather and this and that, and they're still willing to to know that we're going to have a trail here for them. And I'm just, it's just nice to have, you know, even we got some sprint teams coming down from the Yukon, right? Like that's makes me pretty happy. So, yeah, just, sorry, we we didn't even. I totally skipped that part. What uh, what's the sprint turnout look like? Uh, I know you have registration is the day of. Yeah. Can you give people some insight into? where you think it might be or what uh, what sort of turnout you've had in the past years? So typically for the four and the six dog, we get about uh, about 10 teams in each event and usually half a dozen or so in the ski joring. And you get a variety of teams that come for our sprints. Like you'll have uh, somebody who's, who's fairly new at it running big Melmy Siberians and you have Rob Peebles coming, right? And he'll go flying through with his hounds. Uh, Peebles isn't coming this year, but often he's here. Uh, we have Laura Vintage coming down, and she's a pretty focused uh, four-dog um, sprint, and she's going to have two teams. A friend of hers is going to run her other second team in the four-dog. Um, and then there's a fairly new musher just south of here in a place called Horsefly, and she just got back from a race in Manitoba, which I think she was third in, and um, a small village race, and um, she's pretty focused too. And she'll be running the four-six and the ski door. Her name is Dominique. And she could um, she could easily win each event. Like she's she's pretty solid. So, you know, and and um, we're gonna have like I said, we're gonna have some new new teams. We've got I think two new teams coming out of Prince George, which is uh, always great to have. You know, we always want to spread the sport. The more the merrier. And so we're gonna make sure that they have a clean run, and they're in a good spot so that they feel welcome and they feel like they're um, they're part of the part of the race the whole race organization. Right. So for those that are curious, uh, we'll go over it again. Friday morning, I believe 10 o'clock, uh, February the 2nd is your 200 mile, 100 mile start. And then on Saturday, February the 3rd, uh, the sprint side starts at 930. And then you have the ski drawer at 1030, four dog at 1130. Then you got a politician race, a junior race, a kid and mutt race. And so, and then you have, again, on Sunday, you have more sprints, ski jor, four dogs starting again at 930. So 
It's a full three-day weekend of racing in Fort St. James, BC. Um, Craig, it's been a real pleasure. I want to say thank you to you. It's uh, It's been great um, talking to you about the race. For anybody that wants to hear more about Craig, his kennel, his dogs, um, and what he's done, you can go back and listen to our previous episode where we talked all about it and his preparation for Canadian Challenge this year. Um, any last words before we go? Pray for cold weather. <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck this weekend. I know it'll be a fantastic race, a great event, and uh, really looking forward to seeing the pictures and, and the fun that's there. So, you know, um, enjoy and, uh, and, and don't forget to, to, to soak it all in while you can. Cause I, I know it, it goes by real quick when you're on the organizing side. You betcha. Well, thanks for having me on this, Dan. Excellent. Well, thanks Craig so much. And for those of you that listen and follow along, I appreciate you following along. We're going to continue with more preview episodes as we get into race full on race season here in Canada. So follow along. We have a Yukon Quest one coming, Canadian Challenge, and we're also going to be doing an underdog one for those that want to follow, follow along that race in Yellowknife. So until next time, and goodbye. Bye.